1: with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch.
0: You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. When is the last time you didn't feel enough? If you relate to that question, Check out the podcast, Authentically Us. This is where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do and every space that you occupy. Join us on this journey.
4: Thanks to Third Love for supporting Muller She Wrote. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off their first order. Go to thirdlove.com AG now to find your perfect-fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com AG for 15% off today.
5: So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, our position is.
0: No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist.
4: Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me as always is Jalisa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Thank you all so much for becoming patrons and pushing us over the 3,000 mark. We will now be recording midweek episodes for our patrons every week, probably to be released later Wednesday nights or Thursday morning, depending on your time zone. So, patrons, keep an eye out for that. If you want to grab the second episode every week, become a patron by going to patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote. You'll also get the key to all our bonus episodes, our newsletter, an invitation to our closed Facebook group where you can play the Fantasy Indictment League, ad-free episodes, free gifts, all kinds of stuff. So that's all I'm going to say about that uh, because we have a jam-packed episode this week. It is our season premiere, season three premiere we yay and we have some amazing new guests including former u.s. attorney from the eastern district of michigan and one of my favorite msnbc contributors barbara mcquaid and we have a very special appearance from marcy wheeler of empty wheel i'm so excited she's joining us we've been i've been wanting her to come on and talk to us for a while now Uh, in hot notes today jordan's going to tell us about john kelly's parting words on trump Hmm. in an la times interview Jalisa has a story about House Republicans looking for a lawyer, and I'm going to talk about a secret Mueller filing in the Sam Patton case. So guys, how was your New Year's? What'd you do? It was great. I feel like I'm having deja vu. We didn't
6: talk about New Year's. We talked about Christmas last time, right? We Okay, did, I did yes. the same thing, Netflix. Yeah, I watched uh, Bird Box. <laughs> oh, how'd uh, you like it? I've I heard things. I loved it. Yeah. It was amazing, yeah. Yeah, I um,
3: hosted a New Year's show at Madhouse, which was really fun but it was kind of weird because every year the new year's crowds actually are kind of shitty because yeah one of our waitresses she described it really well she's like i think it's just because it's a bunch of people that want to party but they want to sit down <laughs> sit <laughs> so down that's partiers. the vibe of them yeah they just were pretty tight but it was fun
4: yeah new year's crowds are tight yeah they're pretty tight how was uh, yours good did a show at the palace Um, Oh yeah They were loose AF Oh good It must be a Kearney Mesa thing They weren't sitting in their chairs (laughs) (laughs) It was really fun It was sold out And um, we had the whole countdown and everything It was nice Well we have a few corrections uh, for this week First of all I called Chuck Schumer Chuck Grassley I've done this a lot of times (laughs) I get my old white Chucks mixed up Um, Sorry about that Uh, Amber wanted to remind us that uh, the flu is very serious uh, And we seemingly dismissed it as something That could easily be detected and cured When we spoke about the Guatemalan boy Who died in Border Patrol custody last week So thank you, Amber Well reminded, the flu is very serious Um, It's the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament So thanks to our sports fans for pointing that out Civilian federal workers received a 1.9% pay raise last year Not 2.4%, which is what the military got So thanks for reminding me (laughs) I got that raise, I should have known (laughs) then it was that um we don't we won't get anything this year but you know that's how the cookie crumbles i guess Bummer. um a lot of people aren't even getting their paychecks so that's a whole other story yeah and back pay right like some people aren't getting that at all yeah contractors who work for the government won't get anything that's crazy yeah it's ridiculous uh let's see i said steve king instead of peter king who said that you know well only two kids have died remember when you pointed that out jordan yeah it was peter king not steve king both assholes. Uh, <laughs> but this was the Peter kind. Um, it's been pointed out to me by someone in the know that it's pronounced German Khan, not Herman Kahn. Uh, that's the father-in-law of Van Der Swan, who was indicted uh, by Mueller's team. And he's also one of the guys at Alpha Bank. So thanks, good looking out. We didn't really have a story about German Khan last week, but somebody just felt the yeah, need to point I'm, that I'm out. Yeah, I'm glad
6: they mentioned that because I always think of Herman Cain when I hear Herman Khan. So this is better. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah, this is better. German, German
3: Khan. That's how I wish his name was pronounced. <laughs> yeah, it sounds more regal.
4: Yeah, just yay, hey, let us know. Um, Add a you know, send us an email. Hello, at She wrote if you've got any corrections or anything uh, you want to talk about, um, or you can tweet us at MullerSheWrote. She wrote. Or go to our website, MalishyRep.com, click contact, and let us know about corrections you may have. (laughs) Uh, All that being said, we have a lot of news to get to this week, so let's kick it off with just the facts. All right, all the way back to Sunday, guys. The Washington Post reported that federal prosecutors in New York have requested records from Deutsche Bank related to a $285 million real estate loan they gave Kushner and his family one month prior to the 2016 election. We, uh... We reported this back in June of this year when we learned that Cush purchased four floors in the New York Times headquarters building and got $74 million more than he paid for the property. (laughs) Um, Now Cush, at that time, was head of the company, um, Cush Real Estate, whatever it is, and uh, he said he failed to report uh, the loans on his financial disclosures because he didn't have an obligation to pay it back. Hmm. So therefore, he didn't have to report it (laughs) as a loan. Uh, As we all know, Deutsche Bank has been fined several times on a variety of legal issues, including a $7.2 billion fine for mortgage abuse and a $425 million fine related to money laundering (laughs) in 2016 and 2017, respectively. So it's important to note that these investigations are separate from Mueller's investigation, but it's known that special counsel is investigating Kushner's business dealings as well. So there's probably some overlap There's a Venn diagram happening. Oh, yeah. Then the Saudis get involved in so many angles there, too. Yeah, Cutter. He's Mm -hmm. got a lot of money from a lot of people. Um, Also Sunday, John Kelly painted a dim portrait of Trump in the Los Angeles Times interview he did, and Jordan will have that for us in Hot Notes. Then Monday, Mueller filed a sealed update in the Samuel Patton case, and I'll go over that later in the show because this is really important and it sort of slipped under the radar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also Monday, Elizabeth Warren announced her bid for the presidency in 2020. Not a surprise. Yep. (laughs) She's going to get a committee together and see if it's a feasible thing for her. How do you guys feel about that, just off the top? I mean, if I get a free
3: Ancestry DNA test out of it, I'm cool.
6: <laughs> we all get 23 and me. The- <laughs> 23 and Liz. Black people have the same experience on there. It's just it's always back to the same thing.
4: Uh, I think it's great. I want to see a giant, huge, diverse field in, yeah. in, in the um.
6: The election, like the candidacy? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. in the primaries. Mm -hmm. And
4: like I said, and I've said this a million times, fight like hell for your candidate. Uh, But then whoever wins, vote for that person. Exactly. definitely, Just just do that.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Throw out the feelers and all different kinds of
4: people. See what sticks, what we need to do to take over the White House. Everybody's generally a pretty cool person. He's going to be running on the Democratic ticket. We don't have any giant a-holes. Yeah, um, not
6: not right now, I guess. God, some people
4: would beg to differ. Wiener's gone, so. <laughs> the bar is pretty low, though. Yeah. Barney I mean, Frank was the last <laughs> asshole <laughs> Democrat had, right? I mean, all you have to do is, is be better than Trump. That's true. That's so, true. The bar's low. It is. Uh, also, the Daily Beast spoke to a person familiar with Trump's legal team's strategy for fighting the Mueller report on Monday, saying they intend to cite executive privilege. Uh, particularly in the obstruction case, we all assume that the Mueller report will be in part about obstruction of justice and could involve testimony from White House staff who heard Trump talk about why he fired Comey, such as Don McGahn or Ryan's Priebus, Mueller. Um, <laughs> but according to Giuliani, Trump can claim executive privilege and bar Mueller from sharing that testimony with anyone outside the executive branch, reminding us that he can only give his report to the attorney general and only the attorney general can decide if that report moves forward to Congress. However, we now have the Jaworski Report roadmap that was recently released from the Watergate case, setting precedent that grand jury findings can be submitted directly to the House Judiciary Committee, which is now chaired by Jerry Nadler, a Democrat. So put some beans on that. And later on in the show, I'm going to talk to Barb McQuaid about that, that kind of path, that nice. way forward. She's so good. Uh, then Tuesday, Mitt Romney wrote a scathing op-ed. In the Washington Post about Trump being a giant piece of shit, basically. <laughs> and that falls right into line with a scenario we've been talking about for over a year now. We call it the, co- uh, not the Comey 20. Sorry. We call <laughs> it the Romney 20. It was the Comey 6. Yeah. <laughs> the Romney 20. Uh, Mormons refer to this as the white horse prophecy. We were, we were notified by one of our uh, Mormon listeners. <laughs> uh, this prophecy has been repudiated by the church of LDS. But basically what it says is at some point our democracy will be hanging by a thread during a constitutional crisis and a Mormon will come riding on a shiny white horse out of the West to Washington, D.C. and will save the country from certain demise. <laughs> uh, what we're saying um, is that if, if Mitt Romney, we were saying that if Mitt Romney won his Senate seat in Utah, he could go to D.C. and recruit enough Republican senators to reach the 67 votes needed to remove him from office if he's impeached in the House. So Romney would need to win the Senate seat. He's done that. And now with this op-ed, he's made clear he doesn't like Trump calling December one of the worst months for Trump. Basically, he's a shit president. (laughs) So his opinion is clear. And there's been a lot of folks saying, we shouldn't praise Romney, he's an a-hole. And we're not. Um... We're simply saying the white horse prophecy still stands
6: <laughs> yeah and didn't he recently say that he like supports the wall after he put out the op-ed yeah he so did what's the deal with romney i feel like he could still save us and support the wall but i mean what an a-hole
3: yeah <laughs> i was not a giant fan of that article because it was just like championing all of these quote-unquote wins that are super gop oriented wins that generally really fucking
4: suck but because he's like
3: but trump sucks people are like yay romney mm-hmm. he's, no. th- he's
4: still a republican you're yeah, right i yeah. disagree with everything mm-hmm. that he stands for ever in his of the universe my enemy's enemy though right (laughs) well Well, i mean if anyone can get any senators to turn on him on trump it it would be romney that's what we've been saying
6: yeah yeah Yeah. they need someone i guess on their side for it to work i'm just wary
3: of people supporting him because of him taking down trump or something and then he's because he'll probably run for president and then if he wins then it's just going to be more honestly of like the same policy not the same policy but same same gop policy Mm -hmm.
4: yeah yeah But he he was correct about Trump being a piece of shit. So you're right. I don't agree with his politics. Don't at me. But uh, (laughs) he could convince enough Republicans to oust Trump um, if it comes to that. You can read the op-ed and a link we'll send out in the newsletter for for patrons this week. And speaking of, Jordan, you just finished uh, uploading all the past newsletters to the patron page. So you have access to those now.
3: Yeah. If you're not a patron and you want to see every single article we've ever referenced on this show in the last year, (laughs) then become a patron. It's pretty cheap. our at our lowest level, and it's all listed there for you.
4: Yep, you get all sorts of stuff. Uh, Let's see. Thursday, Mueller filed a motion in the Concord Management case. This is one of the entities that was indicted by Mueller, one of the Russian entities, and they've been fighting a battle to, to send Mueller's discovery back to Russia. And in this filing, Mueller asks to file its opposition to Concord Management's motion to compel under seal because the government's opposition discusses a matter that's occurring before the grand jury. So it's secret. Uh, We'll keep you posted on this case. Um, You can put beans on Mueller winning all of his motions against Concord management. (laughs) We'll have a photo of that filing and the photos we send out in the newsletter. So check out that. Um, It's just a paragraph that says... We want to file this under motion because there's some secret shit going down. Yeah. Thanks, Bob Muller.
6: If we had a fantasy league from Mueller's motions, it wouldn't be fair because he would always win. It's yeah. like too predictable. <laughs>
4: I'm going to put all of his motions on my team yeah. and I will win everything.
3: <laughs> what does under motion mean? Legal, legal jargon wise. Under seal? Under seal.
4: Under motion means under seal. No. Th- I, did I say under motion? Yes. Oh, motion under seal. Got it. He mm. wants to file the motion under cool. seal. Cool, cool. Under motion. He's like, yeah, under motion. Yeah, it's like I've never heard that before. <laughs> Sounds like a weird 80s dance, doesn't Yeah, it? yeah. Cue um, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thursday, the House Republicans are apparently um, seeking an investigative lawyer. Uh, that was reported Thursday, and will have that for us later in Hot Notes. Also Thursday, we found out what happened with Alderman Burke. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Mueller or Trump so far. Uh, Burke is the longest serving alderman in the history of Chicago, uh, on that uh city council and he's facing federal corruption charges for blackmailing Burger King into using his private tax firm by refusing to permit the remodel of one of their restaurants in Chicago. Restaurants is a strong word. Um, <laughs> prosecutors raided his office and, pr- and papered the windows five weeks ago. Remember, everyone was like, ooh, what is it? Yeah, uh, It was the same day Deutsche Bank was raided or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently they tapped his cell phone and they have recordings of conversations of him telling Burger King flat out that he'd hold them up in their permits if they didn't get their taxes done with his private firm. Wow. Well, we had thought that since he handled Trump's tax returns for his tower in Chicago for 12 years that it had to do with that. Um... But anyway, the, 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 you have the facts. My conjecture is they might have found stuff on Trump during the raid. So, Alderman Beans.
6: Yeah, <laughs> Alderman
4: Beans. That really pisses me off
6: because I, I heard that he, you know, had this scam, I guess, or like this weird holdup, but I didn't know he was so blunt with them, like the recordings. That's crazy.
4: Yeah, he was like, I'm not going to do, He they wanted to put a driveway in, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm not going to get that permit approved if you don't hire my tax firm to do your taxes. Wow.
6: That's way too ballsy. They're so, like, bold right now. Yeah. Like, this, you know, white-collar
4: crime. And and Rahm Emanuel was like, that's fucked up. And that's coming from Rahm Emanuel. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's, mm, Yeah. He's special.
3: Stuff like that goes on all the time. That's how the 1% even happens. So it's nice to see something actually uncovered, I guess. But Mm -hmm. I know that's happening all the goddamn
4: time.
6: Yeah.
4: Uh, Also Thursday, it was reported that an American named Paul Whelan was arrested in Russia for espionage. U.S. intelligence officers say that his resume suggests he's the last person the U.S. would use to collect evidence because we would never send someone to Russia to spy that didn't have diplomatic immunity, which Whelan apparently does not have. And they suggest that the Russians are likely to distort his background to suggest he was engaged in espionage. And here with us to discuss Whelan is independent journalist and publisher of The Empty Wheel, Marcy Wheeler. Marcy, welcome to Mueller, she wrote.
5: Hey, great to be on finally.
4: (laughs) I'm so glad to have you. Um, So many people seem to think uh, they were teeing this up that suggesting that the arrest of Whelan is posturing to trade for Maria Butina. However, you posit that it's more likely it has to do with Rosneft. So I was wondering if you could explain your thoughts on that.
5: No, I don't think it has to do with Rosneft. But I think that um, I, I don't think we know I don't think anyone has a solid explanation for Whelan uh, what he was doing there, why the Russians arrested him. Um, the easy explanation is that it's Putina, but um, that doesn't make sense really, uh, in part because she's been cooperating since September. And she will go home, you know, basically once she gets sentenced. So she's, she's on her way home re- one way or another. Russia doesn't need to trade anyone to get her. Um, and it's, I think people have a very hopeful notion of what she may be cooperating on, I think it is distinctly possible she is only cooperating on Paul Erickson. So um, for all of those reasons, I don't think Butina explains it. Um, I I did suggest one possible explanation is um, not Rosneft, but there's this other dude who um, got arrested in in North Carolina, and he is... um, I'm gonna try and go find his name because otherwise I'll butcher it. He is uh, his his name is um, Leonid Teyf and he was arrested basically for money laundering, money from the Russian defense industry, um, but also for contract killing, trying to get his wife knocked off. And um, and you wouldn't think that that has any tie except that that's been unsealed much more recently than the Bhutanist stuff, and that guy. Uh, this tough guy has ties to Yevgeny Prigozhin, so you know he has ties to the guy who is sending out mercenaries for Vladimir Putin. He has ties to the guy who's sending out uh, here in the United States all these bots uh, and trolls for Vladimir Putin. So he and and it's unclear what he was doing with all this money laundering and these safe houses and. Um, I'm just suggesting he may be a far more interesting person to Vladimir Putin than Butina. Um, you know, if they wanted to trade for Butina, they would have done it back in July or back in you know September before she did start cooperating. So that's my that's my argument as far as that goes.
4: Yeah, and that makes sense because in in Butina's plea agreement, the one of the paragraphs is her immigration deals with her immigration. It says she will be deported when all this is finished. And um, like you were talking about with the only, maybe the only thing she's cooperating on is Erickson. I remember when the arguments came to, you know, the government wanted to keep the gag order on her. And it was basically because of Erickson in so many words, not not only him, but anyone else that he might help uh, cooperate or, you know, indict or charge or at least be interviewed. So I totally get that point. The only thing that's weird to me is that his resume and his military record, which aren't good. Uh, And the fact that he's a citizen in like four countries seems to make him an excellent target to be recruited by FSB, doesn't it?
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, I think the notion of, I mean, I hate to be false flag about everything, but the Russians do it. The Russians do do false flags. And I think it is not, um, inconceivable that instead he's a Russian asset and they're trying to reel him in for something or that, um, you know, he's crossed them and they're trying to uh, retaliate for that. And I think that that is more consistent with his, I mean, I think his military record, right? So he, as far as we know, got a uh, dishonorable discharge, which his family somehow doesn't know about. And he went on with that dishonorable discharge to get a series of increasingly responsible global security jobs, um, first at Kelly Services and then in for an auto part supplier uh, here in Michigan. And you know that doesn't make sense, um, but one of the reasons. Yeah, and it
4: wasn't it wasn't just a it wasn't just a dishonorable; it was a, a bad conduct, which is even right. worse.
5: Right for for as I understand it, um, among other things, uh, uh, claiming to be somebody he wasn't. So uh, you know, a good reason why you might think the Russians would try and recruit him. And you know, uh, Borg Warner, his company doesn't have any ties to Russia, but he keeps going to Russia. He is a um, contact a uh, account. So I, I don't think anyone knows. And I'm not, you know, I'm not wedded to any explanation for him. I just don't think Butina is the most likely explanation given what we've seen in her plea
4: agreement. Okay, so kind of the, the feeling here is that this is just not as big a deal as everyone's making it out to be pretty much. No,
5: it could be, but it might be that we just don't understand it yet. I mean, I think, you know, there's there's such a rush to assume what's in front of our face is what's most interesting, and I'm sure you've learned by now, as I have, that we're not looking at the most interesting stuff. No one's sharing that with us, either Putin or Mueller, and so there could be entirely different things going on that that we don't get to see. And and you know, um, this dude is a is a Trump guy, and so it could be that. Um, you know, like I said, it could be he actually is a Russian recruit, and for some reason, um the Russians need to make sure he doesn't return home anytime soon. I, I don't know the answer, but I just I'm not going to assume that i I do know,
4: yeah. it's all it's all super speculative at this point. And you're right. the the, the, the things we know are probably the least interesting things,
5: <laughs> right, which is why I'm sort of looking at that case in North Carolina, because, boy, is that an interesting case. And, and, you know, it, it wouldn't be as interesting to me, except he's money laundering into the United States some of the stuff that I think he was working with Prigozhin on. And this is the kind of thing that, of course, Putin, you know, Putin's allies uh, are allowed to um, steal money from the Russian government left and right. And, you know, is the U.S. government trying to expose that in this case? Could be. I don't know.
4: Awesome. Well, hey, do me a favor. Can you tell me where people can follow you?
5: Uh, I'm at emptywheel.net for the site and at Empty Wheel for my, uh, very high, high volume Twitter account.
4: <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been great having you on, uh, everybody, publisher of Empty Wheel, independent journalist Marcy Wheeler. Thanks for being on Muller She Wrote today.
5: Thanks for having me.
4: That's so great to finally get Marcy Wheeler on. Yeah. Um, we've been following her since the beginning. All right. On to Thursday. We were still on Thursday. We're still on Thursday when uh, seven Republicans broke with their party to vote for Nancy Pelosi's bill to end the government shutdown, offering no money for the wall. Uh, that was Thursday night. I've gotten my hopes up about Republicans defecting from Team Trump before, so I'm not going to hang my star on any of them turning on him, but we'll keep you posted. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, I know like every three months we're like, it's the beginning of the end. They're yeah. jumping ship and they never jump ship. Uh, also, Thursday, a Bloomberg report says Wilbur Ross will be one of the first Trump officials called by Democrats to testify in front of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. Elijah Cummings, the panel's new chairman, says that they want to question him about allegations that Wilbur Ross has given misleading testimony on multiple occasions. ...about the decision to add a question about citizenship on the 2020 census. <laughs> citizenship. Um, I don't know why I said it it's so weird. Um, saying he may have committed a crime if he wasn't truthful about how that decision was reached. Because Ross testified that the decision to include the question on the census came solely from the Justice Department... ...in a request made in December 2017. But Dems say internal documents show Ross was taking steps to add the question way before that. So I'm surprised... Though that they don't want to chat with him about his connects with Putin and the Kremlin, or his ties to Deutsche Bank, or mm-hmm. that he was vice chair of the Bank of Cyprus when Russia based when its Russia based businesses were sold to an oligarch with ties to Spurbank. and <laughs> sanction that's a sanctioned bank uh, following the annexation of Crimea sanctions. So perhaps the Intel Judiciary Committee will question him on those issues, but this is the Oversight and Reform Committee, so we'll see. Wow, they'll get to it. Yeah. Might not be he might be like that's not our job so much as it's, that's the Judiciary's job. Mm-hmm. And what's their
6: timeline? You know when they're gonna. Everything's so backed up, I guess, right?
4: Yeah, I think they're just trying to open the government right now. Yeah, but yeah, they want they want Elijah Cummings wants Wilbur Ross to come mm-hmm. have a seat.
6: Yeah, he came up in the Panama Papers, I believe, right? Like mm-hmm. he was the
4: earlier player with all the financial s- speculations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So last week we reported on a big story from Time Magazine that an ex-Russian spy named Boyarkin had told reporters he handled Deripaska's money for him, and that Manafort owed Deripaska nineteen million, but agreed to give. Uh, to get private briefings from him through Konstantin Kalimnik to pay off his debts to the Russian oligarch. Another part of that Time magazine article had to do with Montenegro. And this week, Maddow did a story um, on uh, where Trump gets his weird political opinions about things like Russia and Afghanistan wars (laughs) and Montenegro. And she talked about a coup that was being organized in Montenegro to stop them from joining NATO. And that coup was backed by pro-Putin Russians. Mm -hmm. She even showed that video that we've talked about several times of Trump shoving the prime minister of Montenegro out of the way during that first G20. Yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> Just pushed him aside and buttoned his coat. And the guy's all, whatever, dick. <laughs> uh, what she left out, and I, I was yelling at the TV, is she left out that Dara Pasca is one of the oligarchs in Russia leading the effort, he was leading the effort to discredit Montenegro because they had seized one of his biggest aluminum smelters and that. Deripaska hired Manafort to help him organize the efforts to prevent Montenegro from joining NATO. Oh, shit. It's, oh, it's, go ahead. No, so I'm just going to say smelters? <laughs>
6: yeah, it's a big <laughs> thing that melts aluminum. Okay, I think cool. of uh, Austin Powers' gold member, <laughs>
4: like, smelting. Smelting. <laughs> <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> it's just so odd that Trump hates Montenegro so much since no one else does in the world except for Putin. Uh, and his recent comments on Russia invading Afghanistan to help stop terrorism, which is completely wrong. And the only other person in the world that thinks that is, you guessed it, Vladimir Putin. This is just more evidence that he's had extensive chats with Russia about what positions to take against NATO and Montenegro and Russia and Afghanistan wars, which the U.S. armed and aided Afghanistan in those wars, by the way. So uh, how anyone can not think he's Putin's bitch is just alarming to me. <laughs> yeah, what a poser, too. Yeah. Yeah, and so this whole Montenegro thing, she you know Rachel did this whole show, and I'm like, it was Manafort and Pasco. Why, you know, that's a pretty big connect. Um, I don't know if she covered it the next night, but anyway, I was shouting at the TV like, that's my sports. <laughs> <laughs>
6: See, I I thought at first before I knew where Montenegro was that he was just mad because Negro was in the word, but
4: I think because they're white, they're totally white, <laughs> yeah, they're very white. It's it's a Baltic server. Yeah, it's, it's more political than racial. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, it's like nine white guys who live <laughs> over there. Um, Friday afternoon, we learned that uh, DC- yeah, there's six hundred thousand people in Montenegro.
3: Wow, whoa, That's very manageable. That's
4: <laughs> He's just bullying them. <laughs> oh, he just because Putin doesn't like them because mm-hmm. they wanted to join NATO, and because Darapaska Smelter got seized by them. Yeah, so. and it's a
3: really wealthy country. That's
4: all right. I think. I don't know. I don't, know their, they do okay. I don't know their GDP. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They're probably doing better now that they got that smelter.
6: He had a nice suit. <laughs> the Montenegro guy. Is he the president? He's it? It's prime minister. Prime minister.
4: There we go. Yeah. Um, weird. Just weird. What a weird thing to hate. I don't know. He's weird. Friday afternoon, we learned that the D.C. District Court Judge, uh, Beryl Howell, uh, extended the Mueller grand jury for six more months. So become a patron today. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to start releasing those midweek episodes. Um, we blew through our 3,000 patrons, but that was our goal. Our new goal is 7,000. So. But we have six more, six more months with the same grand jury, which is awesome because this grand jury, convened in July of 2017, is familiar with all the Mueller cases. And Mueller doesn't have to convene a new one and bring them all up to speed. Typically, grand juries are in place for 18 months, and then they can be extended by six months if the extension is in the public interest. So... Mm. That This judge, uh, Beryl Howell, thought it was. This particular grand jury is based in D.C. It's dedicated to the Mueller probe. It's all it does. Um, and Howell Hal granted the extension. We love her. We talked recently about folks thinking the Mueller investigation would end with a report in February. Um, and we thought that was just too soon. So this is kind of an indication of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he might write something up on obstruction in February, but this investigation is long from over. So... But can can he extend it beyond the six months or is that the last time he can do that with the
6: same group? I think you can only do it one time. OK. So he's probably going to try to wrap it up then at least. I would.
4: By then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Get on it. <laughs> um, but I, and I don't know if you can ask for less than six months. That's something I haven't found out yet. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if he only needed three months, he would have asked for that. But you might only be allow- allowed to get a six month extension. So he might have just taken the biggest one he could get in right. case mm-hmm. he needed as much time as he could get. May as well. Yeah. But you can't extend it for more than six months. So even if he thought he was a year away, he wouldn't be able to extend it for that long. Wow. Um, Also Friday, we learned that in this week's What the Fuck, (laughs) we learned that Leonardo DiCaprio has testified in secret before a grand jury in recent months as part of the Department of Justice's investigation into JOLO, the Malaysian guy that stole and laundered billions of dollars from the Malaysian Government Investment Fund, also known as 1MDB. (laughs) And who happens to also be JOLO, a fundraiser for Donald Trump. Um, and th- this is a crazy story where Pros Michelle from the Fujis hired Elliot Broidy's investment firm to help launder money for JOLO, and he set up accounts to pay Trump to stop investigating JOLO. What? That's obstruction of justice. Broidy is the winner, um, the winner guy, uh, one of our <laughs> favorite guys. He's the one who uh, used Cohen to pay a Playboy playmate $1.6 million to get an abortion and keep her mouth shut. So he, he was one of... Um, Cohen's three clients, I believe, mm-hmm. Hannity, Trump, and, and Brody. Brody, what a great crazy. We still don't know who that baby daddy
6: is. We don't really know for sure.
4: Yeah, no, we were always thinking like Trump actually did it, and and mm-hmm. Brody was taken the fall. But yeah. Trump did make payments to other playboys, but not for an abortion, just to shut up.
3: Right. Well, if another dictator pops up in forty five years, we'll know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's uncanny yeah they can't oh help it we'll know i won't be here you guys have to you know keep we'll my head have alive your head, yeah <laughs> we've been talking in case you were wondering um i've told uh Julissa and jordan they need to find a way to freeze my head and keep me alive <laughs> so i can find out what happens in this investigation that's all i work on when we're not recording it's just figuring out how to do that <laughs> it's a secret yeah. um secret plot making progress uh, anyway, oh. DiCaprio's involved because Jolo helped him get funding for The Wolf of Wall Street. The government has since seized uh, the proceeds from that movie. Um, and then Jolo also let DiCaprio gamble on his tab at the Venetian in Vegas. And he gifted him with a Picasso, which Leo has since handed over to the government. $3.2 million. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, my bad. Here, I didn't know it came from stolen shit. <laughs> Sorry. They're seizing all assets for the movie?
3: Uh, all proceeds sorry proceeds yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> not assets um <laughs>
6: well they are i guess assets
4: right? just dicaprio's proceeds no the movie made money right so they're taking how the
3: hell do they even do that logistically that's yeah. like because it goes to so many different people and places yeah i don't they know take
6: what they can i guess yeah like any other kind of um what do you call it when they repo They just take whatever they can get. I guess
3: they could like seize royalties from this point moving forward. That wouldn't be too hard. But are they like going back and taking people's money? Good question. I doubt that. Okay, I doubt that. That They're probably
4: just if there's any kind of a, you know, net profits from the movie, they seize those because Mm -hmm. it was funded with laundered money. Mm -hmm. Right. The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. What irony! Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's
6: like the movie is a
4: documentary now.
3: Yeah, it, it, it kind of was. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. And the Fujis are involved, and Leo. It's weird. It's crazy. Ooh, Leo's a weird guy. He is an he, interesting fellow. He fella.
6: seems like he cares about the environment, though.
4: Mm. <laughs> in a weird sort <laughs> he of says way. So. Yeah. Not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Cambridge Analytica popped up in the news Friday with, uh, with an update to the story about our U.S. State Department awarding the parent company of Cambridge Analytica, called SCL, a no bid $500,000 contract to counter ISIS terrorist propaganda. That means they awarded this contract without opening bidding to the public. They just gave it to them, hmm. uh, our U.S. State Department under Trump. So we'll keep uh, our eyes on that story for you. And what were Republicans calling big news this week?
1: The politics of
4: A video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez surfaced, showing her dancing when she was in college, and Republicans lost their minds.
0: Ariel, I cannot let this dance happen.
4: Ren McCormick
3: made a lot of people stop and think. I object
0: to that kind of music, and I think you know why.
3: Because people
4: fornicate to it. So, Republicans hate dancing, uh, and this is a scandal to them. The, the video shows AOC doing a dance challenge where people would reenact dances from movies, and she chose to do the Breakfast Club weed-smoking dance, which is actually a better scandal, but Republicans aren't cool enough to know that they were all stoned in that scene.
6: <laughs> so,
1: Ahab, can all my doobage?
4: So let's see if I have this straight. Raw-dogging porn stars while your wife is at home with your new baby, paying a woman $1.6 million to get an abortion, grabbing people by the pussy, all cool. But dancing, dancing is bad.
1: Oh, God. They're dancing. They're
0: dancing. (laughs) Oh. Freddie, we are going up to my room right now, oh. right to Dr. Schofhausen. Oh, God, they're oh, Take me from this place.
4: I don't know, guys. This is right up there with that tan suit, um, <laughs> gray poupon, the war on Christmas, Hillary's emails. It's it's the so mustard. St- yeah, yeah, mustard. It's so sad to watch them try to fabricate scandals out of thin air. Uh, apparently, all we have to do uh, to trigger Trump supporters is dance. Now yeah,
1: dance. I me. Mean.
3: That's like some uh, Salem witch trials shit. Yeah, they it, can't dance; they're footloos. up to no good. <laughs>
4: <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> oh, just it. And you know, Pence could be the dad in Footloose. Oh, definitely. He could very easily be that guy, but he ended up being reasonable, so I don't see.
6: Yeah, did you see him swearing? Um, the first bisexual um Congressperson, she he actually seemed like he was genuine with her in that moment. Is it just me, or did that seem really strangely comfortable for both of them? (laughs) I'd like to see what uncomfortable would look like. Yeah, I just assume that maybe no,
4: I don't want to (laughs) that that wall meeting where he just sat there like weekend at Bernie's. That was uncomfortable for him. Yeah, Uh, he's like, I have to sit here for this whole time. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's like, I'm under investigation. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. He seemed way more comfortable with
6: the bisexual <laughs> than with Pelosi. So that was interesting.
4: <laughs> That's kind of scary, right? Yeah. yeah.
6: He's
3: got to do what he can to get in with the base. <laughs> Our base. <laughs> Too late,
6: bro. Tell about that base.
4: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back. The Mueller, she wrote, is brought to you by Third Love, creators of the perfect fitting bra. Recently, we all got to go to thirdlove.com and use their amazing fit finder quiz, which was super easy, and we found our perfect fit. Third Love is an industry leader with over 70 sizes, including its exclusive half cup size, which I happen to be, and was never able to find the perfect bra until I went on Third Love. Half of women, half of women fall between cup sizes. And now we have a place to get bras. So I'm very excited about this. They have sizes A through H with bands up to 48 inches. So you'll find your right size and shape. Best of all, they have a 100% fit guarantee. And now they have an amazing line of breathable Pima cotton bras and undies, which is what I always get now. I'm totally sold on their Pima cotton. It's super soft, totally breathable, very wearable. I wear with t-shirt, like a good t-shirt bra. No spillage, straps don't dig, perfect fit. Love it. Third Love is going to give our listeners 15% off their first order today by heading to thirdlove.com slash ag. That's 15% for your perfect fitting bra at thirdlove.com slash ag. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash ag for 15% off today. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right. So today for Hot Notes, Jordan has a story about outgoing chief of staff John Kelly's thoughts on Trump. But first, Jaleesa, you have a story about House Republicans facing the Dems taking control.
6: I do. And this is a super hot note. It's a really quick article. Uh, So Axios published this on Thursday and it's called House Republicans New Reality, which is a really vague title. But basically what they're saying is that the House Republicans are lawyering up. And we already know or knew that the Democrats were hiring lawyers, but now the House Judiciary Committee posted on a popular Capitol Hill jobs board that they're also seeking an investigative counsel. A jobs board? Yeah. (laughs) Like Craigslist? Hey. I want to check it out. I want to find that (laughs) post. Is new president on there? (laughs) (laughs) Let's make it. That's great. We need hackers. So specifically, they're looking for, quote, an attorney with several years of investigative or litigation experience. And according to a source on the Hill, the specific request for litigation experience hints that the House GOP is anticipating the possibility of impeachment proceedings.
4: <laughs> it's just that ads like anyone, anyone, yeah. can yes. anyone do lawyer stuff? <laughs> Please, who help? who can, anyone will yeah. take anyone. Do you have a suit? <laughs> that is the most general terms of <laughs> requirements. Looking for someone with legal experience, preferably law degree. <laughs> <laughs> Not from Costco.
6: <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I kind of feel like we're entering the final round of all of this because now the Republicans are finally on the defense. Right. And they seem to feel the same way, considering that their new shift in attitude that they're having is it's kind of the the results of being powerless. Um during the gavel handover session, their new minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, he quoted Ronald Reagan saying, basically, hey, can't we all just get along? <laughs> he was like saying some quote about how we need to come together and put our differences <laughs> yeah. aside.
4: Up, up until this point, it was, you assholes, I fucking hate you. And now yeah. he's handing the gavel over. We love you guys. We should work together. I love you. Exactly. You look nice. Your hair is good today. <laughs> yeah. Let's not be rash here. <laughs> Do you know any
6: lawyers? <laughs> yeah. Trump said the same thing, right? He did his own bullshit about working together when he congratulated Pelosi, which is weird. Because I'm not saying that like working together is a bad thing. Like obviously that's the goal, but it's a little suspicious when they want to do all the right things after we cut their balls off, right? Like it just seems a little strange. The timing is weird, but that was basically this article just saying that the Republicans uh, are looking for help, seeking right. lawyers. Anyone things. know any lawyers?
4: <laughs> <laughs> tweet them. <laughs> tweet at tweet at them. Uh, they need lawyers apparently. Um, all right, uh, Jordan, you got the John Kelly. Season finale.
3: Yeah. Um, so, the LA Times interviewed the departing chief of staff, John Kelly, last week, and much to our non-surprise, it was filled with uh, not good vibes. The major takeaway from Kelly in this interview was basically, I did what I could to stop him. That's essentially his point. <laughs> wow. He said that his time in the White House was best measured by what the president did not do when he was at his side, basically. That's his claim to Oh, yeah. so...
4: Okay, so judge my success based on all the crazy shit that didn't happen.
3: Yes, and if you've been following our MSW book club on Patreon, you'll know from our review of Bob Woodward's fear that this is a huge motif that runs throughout, like many that surround Donald Trump, right? There's a terrifyingly high number of moments where the only thing stopping Trump from doing something completely terrible was one person close to him pulling a Hail Mary to make it so it couldn't happen at the last minute. For example, we learned in fear that there were multiple times where there were literally papers on Donald Trump's desk to pull out of the trade deal with South Korea, they were ready to sign, and they were literally stolen off of his desk by one of his close (laughs) staff members. Porter, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. And then, by the way, it's like, it's very funny to me that that's all it takes to get Trump to not do something. and It doesn't show much dedication to the thing he's trying to do. He's like that guy that would show up as a bank robber like, well, it says no firearms. I gotta go. I gotta Uh, go. Womp womp. Yeah. Foiled again. (laughs) Um... Unfortunately, Curses. yes, <laughs> <spoiled> <laughs> again. they got the decals, <laughs> uh unfortunately, there were and still are things that the President could plow through to fruition despite not consulting the and I hesitate to say this experts around him quote unquote um are there any left, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For example, Kelly says that Trump instituted the travel ban without fully consulting Kelly first, who was Secretary of Homeland Security at the time, which is really shitty for him because he's the one that has to implement that. Kelly said about that, quote, I had very little time to look at the orders before they were issued, end quote. And that's especially shitty because, like I said, he's the one that had to implement it and had to take all the heat for it. But as we know, Trump doesn't really think about how his decisions will implicate other people because thinking stifles his creativity. (laughs) He just throw shit out there and sees what it sticks. You know, it's like a like a monkey, yeah, or like he's like a Jackson Pollock of authority. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but sorry,
4: Jackson, you're cool. Um, throw it on the wall. See what <laughs> sticks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Kelly also goes on to say that he got Trump to not pull troops out of Afghanistan, which we also learned about in detail in Woodward's Fear. Highly recommend. Well, I can't say I'd highly recommend that book. I recommend it for the insights, Mm -hmm. not so much for the sensical nature of it. It's hard to follow, but, again, I think you
4: might have done that on purpose to just illustrate what it's like to have to deal with Trump. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: there's really good insights in there, though, like you said. Uh, And if
4: that's not what happened, I apologize to you. Yeah. (laughs) You Pulitzer (laughs) Prize-winning motherfucker.
3: He's getting older. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's great. It's obviously great, amazing reporting. He gets people, like John Kelly obviously contributed to the book, rex tillerson mm-hmm. probably bannon. Conjure, yeah bannon porter weeks. for sure yes some weird players to <laughs> interview yeah yeah um but regarding pulling troops out of afghanistan it now still looks like trump is going to do so anyway but no military higher-ups have confirmed that that's what's happening so far so who knows uh kelly also tried to separate himself from the family separation policy he said that sessions did it basically he says quote what happened was
4: Jeff sessions <laughs> every lie starts off
6: with what happened well what sit down let me tell was. you a story what happened
4: was i ate your hamster mm-hmm. what <laughs> it's a cat meme sorry
3: oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny um uh, what i was like you're like a wait, wait, movie i need to say <laughs> no <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: just
3: a meme uh so what happened was this is his quote was jeff Sessions. He was the one that instituted the zero-tolerance process on the border that resulted in both people being detained and the family separation, Kelly said. Quote, he surprised us, end quote. Oh, surprise! Right, not surprising that's at no all that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that that came out of yeah, this
4: <laughs> fucking... Ugh. Um, that makes it sound looks like fun. It's just mm-hmm. not, it wasn't.
3: Yeah. Um. So yeah, basically in the interview he just confirms that he probably did not have a great time doing things like accomplishing things in that position, spent most of his time mitigating things that Trump was trying to do. And when we think about that anonymous op-ed that came out a couple months ago that everyone was trying to figure out who wrote it, you know, it was very much in that same vein. Yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was one of the guys (laughs) that was there trying to keep him in
4: check. Just running interference, basically. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. Those guys are gone now. They've pulled the goalie. Mm Mm-hmm so to speak yeah Yeah.
3: and kelly winds up getting asked why he stayed so long 18 months in the white house despite such huge policy differences all of those clashes of personalities the just daunting task of being around him constantly and dealing with trump's maniacal ignorance um he said simply duty military people he said don't walk
4: away duty <laughs> <laughs> I'm always gonna laugh at duty it's all yeah. good we did that in the military that was a thing <laughs> in the military you got duty night duty yeah, yeah.
6: man gotta laugh when you can <laughs> thank you for that Jordan. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yes.
4: interesting wow so he's gone bye yep <laughs> Bye everyone's Felicia.
3: leaving did you see um someone else from the pentagon is leaving huh. like the pentagon like chief of staff is leaving or something oh god yeah
4: probably yeah. leaving I, I I I figured after Mattis left a bunch of um high up officials in the pentagon would go with him they'd Ab- be like i'm yeah. not sticking around for this shit you know what this feels like
6: that titanic moment when like they're on the lifeboats already and it's about to just go up and then come down <laughs> like the last part of the oh, boat God. we're in that oh, phase no. of the Mueller investigation <laughs> so right they're all scary. jumping ship <laughs> but yes <laughs> but yes there's a gift for that i just can't describe it well <laughs>
4: I know what you're talking about. With that after it breaks in half and it's standing up yeah, on its end. It's yeah. already broken in half. <laughs> and yeah, you have to kind of jump ship at that point because it's, there's nowhere to stand. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> metaphor. Yes. To fact check myself, Kevin Sweeney, Pentagon Chief of Staff resigns. Wow.
4: Nice. I mean, not nice, but right. n- nice yeah. remembered mm-hmm. Pentagon Chief of Staff. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So four months ago, on August 31st, Samuel Patton pleaded guilty to violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act, also known as FARA, by not registering as a foreign lobbyist for the opposition bloc. That's a pro-Putin party in Ukraine where he worked for the chief of staff to Viktor Yanukovych. We, were, we, 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 we covered this extensively mm-hmm. um, when it happened. And, and four months after he pleaded guilty and began cooperating with special counsel Robert Mueller's team, Sam Patton is in the news again. Mueller has filed a status report to the court under seal, which is a little unusual considering these sorts of filings for folks like Flynn and Cohen were not filed under seal. They were filed publicly, just redacted. Um, updates like this usually consist of how much and in what ways a witness is cooperating so the court knows and can consider that cooperation during any upcoming sentencing hearings so let me tell you a little bit about Sam Patton Sam Patton is a GOP lobbyist he's a Manafort associate a Cambridge Analytica employee so this guy
3: Jeez. could be a Got cooperation
4: goldmine yeah super horror for the Trump's <laughs> uh, goldmine for Mueller's team right Uh, He admitted in his charging documents that he helped foreign donors give money to Donald Trump's inaugural fund. This is like the first evidence that we had of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Sam Patton worked for the same pro-Putin Ukrainian faction that Paul Manafort worked for. Like I said, it was called the opposition bloc. And he was allegedly the boss of Konstantin Kalimnik. And Kalimnik is the other guy named in the Manafort indictment. uh, Some of them. There's so many. (laughs) Uh, And he was the go-between for Manafort and uh, Russian oligarch that Manafort owed money to, Oleg Ole Deripaska. We, we we, all know this. Deripaska is a sanctioned aluminum magnate, and he currently um, is sanctioned. The But here's the thing. The U.S. Treasury Department under Trump is now working to lift those sanctions by allowing him to divest controlling share in his aluminum company, Rusal. The problem is he's selling those shares back to the Kremlin through VTB. So... <laughs> The good news, though, is that we found out on Friday from the New York Times that Congress is examining the Treasury's decision to lift sanctions on Deripaska. And it looks like the Dems in Congress are laying the groundwork to block the lifting of sanctions, beginning with Schumer filing a resolution to disapprove um, of the sanctions, mm-hmm. uh, disapprove of the move uh, by Trump, Trump's Treasury Department, to lift those sanctions. Mnuchin is the guy who mm-hmm. is in charge of the, tre- the Treasury. It's also of note that we learned uh, this week that Boyarkin, as we talked about before, the ex Russian spy that told Time magazine, Manafort had had um, paid back a 19 million dollar debt to Deripaska by giving him private briefings on the Trump campaign one of which was caught on video by sex coach <laughs> Nastya Rybka who is now in a Thai prison if you remember still yep Wow she's got a hearing coming up this month okay Interesting, yeah, yeah. that's where she is Sam Patton and Kalimnik started their own lobbying firm um, in 2015 and were paid a total of over a million smackaroos for lobbying for Yanukovych's chief of staff uh, let's see. Loyavochkin Lyovotchkin paid both Manafort and Patton for lobbying for him and Yanukovych. And Yanukovych is the pro Putin Ukrainian candidate Paul Manafort helped elect elect
6: <laughs>
4: Buyukasha through tactics eerily similar to those used in the Trump campaign, including a smear tactic against his opponent Temoshenko, encouraging people to lock her up. Mm-hmm. And that's where that whole thing started. They were successful on that one. Yep. They lost eventually and he was overthrown and he fled to Russia, but yeah, yeah he didn't he got that far. Came
3: out on a wheelchair. Yeah, from ridiculous. Prison. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, she was really sick. So uh, Patton basically lobbied, uh, lobbied the U.S. Congress on behalf of Lyovochkin without registering under Farah. But most importantly is what Patton did in relation to Trump's inaugural fund. Right? It's widely known that there were excessive amounts of money in Trump's inaugural, and there's no way his Scott Bayo High School marching band, Ted Nugent amateur talent show of an inaugural. <laughs> (laughs) cost more than Obama's. There's just no way. Obama had Beyonce. He (laughs) did. You know, like, and here, you know, here he's got like, you know, I don't even remember, people that you've never heard of. (laughs) Um, Patton is, um, this whole thing is some of the strongest evidence that foreign money was funneled into the inaugural fund because he used a cutout to transfer $50,000 of Russian money into the Trump inaugural fund by purchasing, quote unquote, inaugural tickets for himself, Kalimnik, Lajavochkin, and another Ukrainian. Um, Patton used the lobbying firm he started with Kalimic to purchase the tickets through a cutout, and then the firm was reimbursed by a $50,000 wire from the Ukrainian oligarch Cypriot bank account. That's bizarre. Yeah, that's how they were getting Russian money into, and this is just one example, Mm -hmm. and his whole sentencing update is now filed under seal. And we know Trump's inaugural is being investigated pretty heavily, pretty hardcore. So all very interesting. And one of the most interesting parts is that he used that Cypriot bank account as an intermediary. And many months ago in the Fusion GPS transcripts that Congress made public, we learned that there were notes taken by Manafort on Manafort's phone from the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting that said, use Cyprus as an intermediary. That's right. So perhaps this is how they got Russian money to the Trump inaugural, right? through the Cyp- so a Cyprus intermediary using cutouts in the U.S., like Patton, Intrader, Vexelberg, um, and Cohen, just rivers of money from all different foreign sources. But what does it have to do with the Trump Tower meeting that Don Jr. lied about? Well, we know that Manafort and Kalimnik and Patton were associates and that they used Cypriot accounts to move money. And we also know that Patton lobbied against, or excuse me, lobbied to U.S. Congress on behalf of Leah Bochkin, which no doubt included Dana Rohrabacher, a known Russian sympathizer who... Just lost his re-election bid in the blue <laughs> wave. Thank you. Finally, we know uh, Veselnitskaya presented her Magnitsky brief to Rora Bakker and at the Trump Tower meetings. So that's a lot of dots to connect, and it speaks volumes as to why this filing for sentencing update from Mueller may have been made under seal instead of available to the public, like Flynn and Manafort's updates. So keep an eye on the patent case. He is the first person Mueller is charged with dumping foreign money into the Trump inaugural. And don't forget who ran the inaugural fund, Tom Barack. That's the guy who helped Manafort get the job as trump's campaign chairman in the first place wow
6: ag nice yeah that's crazy i love what you've done with just a little bit that we know from like that's already so many connections and then Mueller knows way more than that like he's got oh my god they're done
4: yeah they so we, we, we know two percent yeah is but the the going rate but what you did <laughs> with that two percent <laughs> people I guess.
6: that's crazy
4: uh you know hey connect the dots
6: they're real. La, they're, la, they're real la. dots. They're real beans. I just feel like it's crazy that that we, from the public information, we have so many connections.
4: Yeah. We, and, and yeah. And like you said, it's only the tiny, tiniest tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. So, are right, you guys ready for the fantasy indictment league? Yes. yes. All right. Let's see. Who do I pick today? Um. First of all, since we're doing sports metaphors, I wanted to give away who the winner was in our Sweet 16 Top Stories of 2018 bracket. We've been taking votes all week on the final two, the final, the finals. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let's see who the winner is. I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. It is... Uh, we, well, first of all, the two people in in the <laughs> finals were Dems take the house, not people <laughs> yeah. stories. Dems take the house, and Cohen implicates Trump. Dems take the house won it, fifty seven to forty three. Wow. Yeah.
6: Interesting. I think. I mean, personally, at least, I love that that won because I would have voted for it to win. I think I did vote for it to win, and I feel like it's because there's so much more we can do with the Dems being in charge than w- just with that one Cohen case. Like they can investigate everything, you know. So that's kind of why I think it won. Yeah, that makes sense. I voted for Cohen just cuz
3: in terms of incidental news story, I think it's a like a it's a it's more specifically big news yeah. story, but in terms of implications for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger deal that Dems took the house.
4: All right. Cool.
6: And are we doing the new <coughs> rules for our fantasy indictment league this week? Are we doing that we can't oh, take yeah. someone else's We're going to do that, aren't we? Yeah, so what do we flip to see who goes first? I feel like this um uh, we're okay, going so get the competitive. New, the new
3: rules is basically us three are just going to play it. Not you all at home. You can still do it. You the can same pick whoever you want. Doing it. Yeah. But we're going to actually draft as if it were an actual team that we're drafting players from so if i take roger stone julissa and ag can't
6: take roger stone Mm -hmm. right we're calling dibs (laughs) yeah
4: yeah this is going to be scary but i don't know how to figure out who goes first well who's um let's just go in like alphabetical
6: order let's just do you go first
3: and then we'll do it so the last person starts right and then like ag you me and then me you ag that's normally how you would pick in a
4: draft yeah yeah that sounds good does it is that Mm -hmm. okay go back and forth Mm -hmm. yeah All right, sounds good to me. Then I am going to take Stone.
6: Okay. Hell yeah. I'm going with Corsi. Oh, you dick. (laughs) I'm going with Assange. Oh, you dick.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Junior. Mm
3: -mm. Hell yeah. -mm. Kush. Ooh, Kush. Okay, Ivanka. All right. Eric's always
4: last. <laughs> he always gets picked last for everything. Yeah. Dodgeball over again. I'm not even taking him. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany's truly last, though. You got Corsi, Assange, Stone. I'm going to go with Boyarkin.
6: Oh, oh nice. that's good. Oh, okay. Uh, with the patent thing, it's going to be a, a minute, you think, right? Well, he's already been indicted. Oh, okay. Even mm-hmm. that seal thing is done. It's Okay. That's just an update on his sentencing. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Um, ooh, uh, Rando. Uh, yeah, which is going <laughs> to be all
4: randos from yeah. here on out. Superseding indictments, Manafort. Oh, interesting. Manafort superseding. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with Mangiante. Mm. Okay. God, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Deripaska's boat hoe. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
6: Okay. Um. <laughs> I think we've just been going in a circle, haven't we? We have, yeah. We That's forgot tried to do it. No, okay, way. this is fine. Uh, <laughs> Trump org, they can still get stuff, right?
4: Yep, you just can wait. pick an entity. Trump org, good one. I'm going Erickson. Paul Erickson, I forgot about that motherfucker. Oh,
6: butina and the beast. He's the beast, I guess. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, he is. He's definitely not the beauty. <laughs> He's not the butina.
6: <laughs> It'd be funny if he were the other way around, though, because she's evil. I mean, he, him too, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna have a rando now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, I need one more, right? Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Burr. I know it's a little far fetched. Bill we'll Burr? No, uh, <laughs> Wil. Oh, Wilbur Ross. I shortened his first name. Oh,
4: <laughs> Burr yeah, Ross. Yeah, Bill Burr. You're going with Ross. Yeah, I All should
6: right. pick a celebrity now that Leo.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he's not a target, though. They made sure to, to say that he wasn't a target. He was yeah. just helping out because mm-hmm. he's rich and white.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go
4: rando. Rando. All right, we got him. Cool. So I have Stone, Junior, Boyarkin, Mangiante, and Arando. Uh, Jaleesa, you have Corsi, Kush, Rando, um, Trump, Org, and Burr, <laughs> Will Burr-Ross. <laughs> his new nickname. <laughs> and you have Jordan, Assange, Ivanka, Manafort, superseding indictments, Erickson, and Arando. Yep. That's a good team. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you, can get, you guys can pick whoever you want. You don't have to. <laughs> there's <laughs> a couple thousand of you playing. so <laughs> Although there might be a couple thousand people that could be indicted. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. So are you guys ready for sabotage? Yes. yes. Now... We might have to do Sabotage before the Fantasy Indictment League because it kind of <laughs> takes away from the Sabotage <laughs> yeah. angle of it. It does, yeah. Because the Sabotage, this, and I, I, I didn't want to have to go back and change my picks after we were doing our round robin stuff, mm-hmm. but some weird shit went down at the end of the week with Simona Mangiante. She's the wife of, see I have this insider information right, right. And you don't have it, so that's that why I'm like, should we do it? Sabotage beforehand? But she's she's the wife of Papadopoulos, who, whose identity has been questioned multiple times and age. I got into a Twitter fight with her you did that's
6: right yeah. dude nice. that was weird what happened
3: it was just she just responded i like said something i was like say hi to your husband in jail or something <laughs> and then she responded some shit and i was like something about her identity being fake or whatever and she's like it's been confirmed by many people you're sad your life is so sad that's why you're
4: doing this so i was like what
3: the fuck and then she turned it, was, it around right? yeah she responded like four times it was so it was ridiculous i'm
4: out. not 39 trying to make myself 34 so yeah. whatever um, so she's a wife of Papadopoulos, and she's been questioned multiple times, like I said, uh, and, uh, not just about her age and identity, but where she works, like her internship with a law firm she said she had, and the law firm's like, we don't know who the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I've posited that I think she's a plant from the Balkans in some super space beans theories, but, uh, she just tweeted, quote, this is what happens when you get into a federal investigation to support someone who can't be loyal to anything and try to slander me as soon as he wants to run after a new skirt. <sighs>
0: Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives.
4: These are the days of our (laughs) lives. Right after that tweet, she deleted her Twitter account, or she shut it down, and now it's back up again. So, I don't know. That's why I put Mangiante on on my fantasy team
3: this week. I freaking hope so. I hope something happens to her.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping for your beans too, A.G. (laughs) Right on. We'll be right back. (laughs) Thank mm-hmm. you. Hey, Muller junkies, it's the new year, and that means new resolutions. And we know there's no quick fix when it comes to better health. It's all part of a long ritual of creating new and better habits. And speaking of ritual, ritual is the obsessively researched vitamin for women. It gives you all of your fatty acids, your omegas, everything. There's no fishy taste. It's got a nice minty taste. I love it very much. And they have all the essentials that we as women don't get most of the time in our diets. So that's part of the obsessively researched part. They find out which nutrients women are mostly missing and they've put them together in a subscription service an essential daily vitamin that you get delivered to your door every month. One of the best parts about these vitamins and for those of the uh, those of you who are obsessed with labels like I am, all of Rituals vegan friendly, sugar free, non-GMO, gluten free, and allergen free vitamins help to provide that those nutrients that you need that we're missing from our diets and the subscription is super easy it's easy to start it's easy to snooze if you need to snooze it and it's only a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered to you every month so better health doesn't happen overnight start your year with essential for women a small step that helps create a healthy foundation for 2019 and beyond you can visit ritual.com ag to start your ritual trial today that's ritual.com ag you'll be glad you did All right, guys, welcome back. It's time for the interview. And this week I have the distinct honor of speaking to one of my favorite MSNBC contributors, Barb McQuaid. Let's have a listen. So today for the interview, we have a very special guest. I'm very excited. She's a law professor at University of Michigan, which is my football rival. I'm the Ohio State, uh, but that's okay. We love her. She's a former U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of Michigan and an MSNBC contributor. It's Barb McQuaid. Barb, welcome to Mueller, she wrote. Thanks, A.G. Glad to be here. Awesome. I'm glad. I hope. I hope our football rivalry doesn't uh, interfere with our ability to chat about Mueller.
2: I will do my best to overlook your buckeiness. <laughs>
4: Thank you, and I'll do my best to overlook your Wolverine Um So, um, both Nancy Pelosi uh, and Jerry Nadler have come out this week saying that the president. Uh, Being able to be indicted is still an unanswered question, right? But the common theory is that Mueller will follow the Department of Justice legal counsel guideline memos saying that a sitting president can't be indicted. And I was wondering where you came down on this issue and if the statements of Pelosi and Nadler uh, make any kind of a difference. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I think, number one, they're absolutely correct that it is far from a resolved question
2: whether a president can be indicted. Um, And I think it's even far from clear as to whether the DOJ position is etched in stone. Uh, You know, a lot of scholars have written about this and they've pointed out that there are a number of different memos. I think the ones we hear the most about are a memo written by the Office of Legal Counsel in 1973 during Watergate and again in 2000 um, during the Clinton administration. But there's also some memos that were filed in litigation in the U.S. versus Nixon case litigating the tapes some things written by Leon Jaworski that really makes it kind of less than clear whether the president can be indicted. And I I guess it all really comes down to what Robert Mueller does with this guidance. You know, On the one hand, I think he's very much the company man who toes the line and would follow all DOJ policy, as he is obligated to do under the regs. But Leon Jaworski said something interesting um, when he submitted a document to the Supreme Court in litigating the Nixon tapes. And he talked about that it would be a real, a shirking of duty to decide that the president is not uh, eligible for indictment and is somehow immune from indictment and could set a dangerous precedent damaging to the rule of law. And so on the one hand, while I think Robert Mueller is someone who follows the rules, I also see him as someone who does not shirk his responsibility. And so at the end of the day, maybe he decides that uh, indictment is what's appropriate and what his duty calls for.
4: Yeah, that's really true. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I remember reading a, an article about his uh, master's thesis where it wasn't just about the uh, process in the courts and and general you know rules, but it was also about justice as a big picture. So that's really fascinating that you bring that up. And. And also, also the Jaworski issue because I had a question about about that recently. One uh, Jaworski's roadmap, quote unquote, for releasing criminal information to the House Judiciary Committee from the grand jury came to light. It was unsealed, or um, I think it, I think it was under seal for. Four decades before, but then it came to light, and that roadmap um, basically allows the the secrecy of the grand jury information to be, or it sets a precedent that says it can be released to the House Judiciary. And I wanted to ask you because you're an expert in these things, if that would have to go through um, the Attorney General, which is of course acting now Whitaker, but could be Bill Barr or or who knows uh, what what could come of that. But would that Jaworski roadmap have to go through the Attorney General first?
2: I think it would. So,
4: grand jury matters are, are handled their secrecy
2: under a rule called Rule 6E of the Rules of Criminal Procedure. And generally, grand jury material is supposed to be kept secret. But there are a number of exceptions. Um, and some of them include providing them uh, to other government attorneys um, for legitimate law enforcement or counterintelligence purposes. And so, if Robert Mueller thought that there was a need, for members of Congress to use this in the course of their official duties, the law permits him to do that. Um, it has to be reported to the judge, and ultimately, the judge has authority about whether such information gets released. Now, the regs that govern the special counsel say that the attorney general should um, review recommendations of the special counsel and that he may uh, stop recommendations that go against Department of Justice policy are so contrary to policy uh, or inappropriate that the recommendation should not go forward. And if he does that, the only check there is that the attorney general is required to report that to Congress. And so you could see a really interesting uh, situation arise where Robert Mueller wants to turn these materials over to Congress. Attorney General Whitaker says no. But the one Safeguard we have there is he has to report that decision to Congress. And so I think Congress could then uh, use its subpoena power to request those documents. That could cause executive privilege battles and the like. So I'm not sure how the answer would come out in the end, but I think it's very interesting. And I think certainly the law is designed to give government officials the ability to share information when justice so requires. And it, it seems like it would be hard to stop that in the end if this were to see the light of day.
4: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> and now, you know, as we know, uh, Nancy Pelosi took the gavels um, this week for the for the House. Uh, the Dems took the House in the midterm election, and uh, she named Adam Schiff head of the Intel Committee, and Jerry Nadler, I think, is the presumptive uh, person who's going to be chairing um, the Judiciary Committee, and he said. And others have said that you know if if this gets somehow blocked, they could just subpoena or not subpoena, but ask Bob Mueller to come in and and answer questions in in testimony, public or otherwise. And I was wondering if these kinds of things you know situations like that, how do you think the Democrats taking the house might impact the Mueller probe going forward in these in these scenarios? Well, I think they could certainly advance the investigation. I don't know that they advance
2: Robert Mueller's investigation specifically you know he is continuing to work quietly before the grand jury which in my opinion is the most effective way to work because it's free of the political process that you see in hearings you know in hearings you have uh members of congress who are trying to grandstand or make political points and ask questions in a very limited period of time which is not very effective for follow-up questions but nonetheless i think that a difference in leadership can matter in terms of their own investigations We saw the House Intelligence Committee, for example, under the leadership of Devin Nunes, uh, I think really just uh, completely in its investigation uh, into Russia, closing their investigation before hearing from a number of witnesses. I know Adam Schiff, who's now taking charge of that committee, has said one of the first things he wants to do is to subpoena the phone records that indicate that Donald Trump Jr. talked to someone on a blocked number as he was negotiating the meeting at Trump Tower, where he was going to talk with Russians about dirt on Hillary Clinton. Uh, how anyone could let that go and not want to know who Donald Trump may have been talking to, I think uh, begs the question, what What was the agenda of the prior leadership of the House Intelligence Committee? And so uh, I am hopeful that uh, new leadership will be interested in a quest for the truth rather than enabling a cover-up. And so I do think that uh, that kind of rigor could bring light to the Russia investigation, not necessarily Mueller's specific probe, but the bigger picture of the truth about what happened with our election.
4: Yeah, exactly. I I tend to agree with you on that. And uh, one last thing before I let you go. um, Can you tell me how you see this sort of playing out this year um, with uh, Mueller uh, and his reports, and and how you see that kind of getting either to the public or or not. Do you do you have any kind of predictions on on how it might end?
2: Well, I I think that uh, there's some work to be done before he's complete with all of his work. There's some um, you know this uh, disclosure by Jerome Corsi, the conservative writer, who shared with the public a plea offer that he received from Robert Mueller's team for lying about his advanced knowledge of the WikiLeaks uh, disclosures of DNC emails. No prosecutor makes a plea offer unless he's prepared to back it up, if that offer is rejected. And so I think in the short term, at the very least, we'll see an indictment of Jerome Corsi. And of course, his work is intertwined with that of Roger Stone. And so I think uh, if there is sufficient evidence to charge Roger Stone, we'll see him indicted as well. I think some other people to look out for who could be charged are potentially Donald Trump Jr. and Jared Kushner. We know that Michael Cohen has admitted to pleading guilty to lying to Congress about building a Trump Tower in Moscow. And in his sentencing memo filed by the government, they wrote that he provided substantial assistance about a number of topics, including circulating his testimony, among others, regarding the Trump Tower in Moscow. And you know who else would be knowledgeable about that but those in Trump's inner circle who else has talked to Congress about those things? And those are two of them. I imagine Robert Mueller will be looking at those transcripts carefully to see if their stories lined up with that of Michael Cohen, who was admitted to testifying falsely. If so, I think we could find indictments there for testifying falsely to Congress. And then even more importantly, the question is, why would they have testified falsely? Um, and, And that gets to the very heart of the matter that Robert Mueller is investigating. I think in the end, he will issue some sort of final report. It will be up to Matt Whitaker or maybe William Barr if he's confirmed by then to decide whether that report becomes public. And although there may be some nefarious reasons or even legitimate reasons for keeping it confidential, there's been such keen public interest in this issue that I can't imagine that they could be successful in keeping it secret from the public. And so I'm hopeful that uh, we'll see transparency in the end. There may be some details that need to be redacted for national security reasons, classified information and the like. But, you know, let's remember this uh, investigation is not about getting anybody or uh, going after President Trump or any of his inner circle. It's about a quest for the truth to find out how Russia interfered with our elections. And so I think there's great public interest and should be in learning the truth about that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And regarding the Stone Corsi, Assange, Boyle—I call them the—I call them Stonehenge. Uh, that whole group. Uh, would from a from a prosecutorial point of view, are they going to have to solve that Andrew Miller subpoena battle that's been working its way through the D.C. appellate court before? Do you think Mueller would need to wait till that finish to to move on with indicting any of those folks?
2: Maybe I guess it depends on what he was hoping to learn from Miller. Uh, it, it may be that. Uh, uh, he already has uh, enough evidence from other sources to proceed. I don't think he would have made that plea offer to Durham Corsi unless he thought he had sufficient evidence, but maybe he needs Miller uh, before he's able to indict Roger Stone. You know, it's impossible to know what he has, but uh, no doubt that is something that uh, he will want to resolve. Of course, Miller is someone who has been affiliated with Roger Stone and may have some information. And even if it's, um, not incriminating information that Miller has, though one would wonder why he would go to the extremes he has if it was not incriminating information. I think Robert Mueller is someone who seems very prudent and careful and cautious and would want to know all possible information before taking action. So it seems that that may be what he's waiting for, to find out what is it that Andrew Miller knows that he is so reluctant to share.
4: I see. But it is feasible to move forward without a witness. Um, It It is. Okay. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today about this. Um, your expertise has really um, given me some insight on, on how we might move forward, so I appreciate your time. Everybody, U.S. Attorney, uh, former U.S. Attorney in the Eastern District of Michigan, MSNBC contributor Barb McQuaid. Barb, thanks for being on Mueller She Wrote. Yeah, thanks.
2: I would One thing I, I will say, for the record, is how much I enjoy your podcast and how much I appreciate your engaging angle to it. It's really important news that everybody should be paying attention to. Um, And I think sometimes people get bogged down in the minutiae and the jargon and the terminology, and you're making it very accessible for a lot of people to learn about in an engaging way. So I appreciate your work to do that.
4: Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Those are super kind words. I I appreciate you coming on to... Uh, when I watch you on MSNBC, breaking it down so that my non-legal mind can understand what's going on. So thank you as well. I think it's very Uh, important.
2: You sound plenty smart, so thank
4: you. (laughs) I'm going to tell everyone you said that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you have a great New Year. Okay, thank you too. Bye-bye. All right,
0: bye-bye. When's the last time you didn't feel enough? If you relate to this question, you want to check out our podcast, Authentically Us. Yes, guys. Our podcast, Authentically Us, is where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do,
3: in every space that you occupy. Tony and I created this podcast to create a space um, to talk about just who we are, our experiences, and just things that we are going through.
0: Yes. So come join us with the journey as we figure out what it means to be authentic together.
4: So, Renato, do you still have your own podcast?
0: Yeah, it's complicated.
4: What's so complicated about a podcast?
0: That's the name of the podcast, remember?
4: Oh! Will you still be exploring topics that help us understand the
1: week's news? You bet. But we'll have a new name, because we're going to be working together to explore complicated issues that are dominating the news.
4: Working together?
1: Yeah, you're hosting it with me, remember?
4: Oh, right. Wait. Does that mean our podcast is going to have a steam mop segment?
1: Let's not get carried away, but we'll discuss hot new legal topics. So check out our new episode coming soon to everywhere you get podcasts as well as YouTube.
4: All right, guys, that's our show. That's our season premiere, uh, season three. I want to thank all of our new patrons. Welcome. We got hundreds this past week. We blew through our goal of 3,000, which means we'll be adding a second news update bonus episode for patrons starting this week. So look for that Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Pacific time. Any final thoughts, you guys? Be um, kind
6: to each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah be, be nice in 2019. Don't be like 2018
4: (laughs) yeah i wanted to
3: comment on an email we got too. someone expressed discontent with us talking about our personal lives for two minutes in the beginning of our episodes and um i just wanted to say while we welcome all feedback thank you for your feedback um it's like a human decency thing i think obviously we know it's not related to the news but it's like a mr rogers neighborhood kind of vibe you Mm -hmm. know we're nice to each other we check in on each other We we see how we're doing yeah we're a community here. Whole health. Yes. Whole health. <laughs> Whole health and wellness. Also Self-care. an OBGYN doctor. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, if anyone else is bothered by that, I'm sorry. I don't think we should stop doing that, though.
6: No, it's humanizing. I think it, it reminds me that we're not just robots reading the news. You know, we're people and we're engaging. We're citizens. And I, I think it's all relevant.
4: Yeah, yeah, that was a weird email. I saw that. Yeah, And I've never gotten one like that before. She's like, I can't even believe it that you talked about your vacations and what you did for the holidays and what you know what gifts you got people I'm here for the news like I've never heard this before <laughs> in my is a podcast yeah. like maybe it- she should listen to it like in double speed yeah, just or just get straight to the head straight <laughs> to just the facts. That's yeah.
3: true. You can always skip through the stuff you don't
6: like. Uh-huh. Yeah, we post timestamps. Um, yeah, I had to go back to the other episodes, like in the backlogs. But yeah, I post them so they can check it out and jump around. And
4: yeah, starting recently, that's what that's what uh, you're doing, Julisa. Basically, if anyone's interested, if you go to the episode description, there's timestamps in there so you can jump forward to the interviews you want to hear. You can jump to just the facts if that's all you want to hear. You don't have to listen to what the fuck we got each other for yeah, gifts. Yeah, exactly. If it bothers <laughs> you that much. <laughs> yes, just on the topic
3: of being kind to each other. Yeah,
6: it's just... We're just being kind. Be positive. So much negativity. But yeah, I love our fans, though. I love our, our yeah. community. And I like how we're bitching about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, she is still <laughs> a listener.
6: So she's she's a very interesting um, exception, I think. It was, a, it was a rare It was a weird situation. Email. I mean, yeah,
3: yeah, but some people still also comment. They're like, I don't want to hear your personal banter. You or know, people say that or, stuff. Yeah, or you're yeah. giggling or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just saying. We're humans, and thank you uh, for bearing with our humanity. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's the best way to put it, yeah. <laughs> That's so hot. It's terrible that you have to <laughs> be like, thanks for bearing with our humanity. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's
6: plenty of podcasts that get straight to the facts. There's the daily, you know, like there's all these places they can go if they really want that. But I think a part of our brand is that we're we're just women. We're just, you know, we're doing our thing.
4: Yep. Yeah. And it's kindness. Real chill. Kindness. Yes. Go forward. Go forth with it in 2019. Do well. Yeah. Do nice things for people. Uh, be kind and vote Democrat. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like I said, hit hard in the primaries for whoever you want. Don't take down other Democrats. Just yeah. be like, I'm not into their ideas. Or, right. That's not what I think this person has better issues and ideas on, on the platform. Don't be like, don't fall for the Russian propaganda. Um, and I say that because I have. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, just be careful and, and be kind. And I think that would be good. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner. And our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com.